0: Contracts. Salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Chillin' about 24 hours after the NFL championship games, the AFC championship, where the Patriots prevailed and, of course, the demolition of the Vikings by the Eagles. We have our Super Bowl set. We are very close to 100% business when it comes to the most popular and prosperous sport in the country, the NFL. But to get you there, I'm going to give you some personal insights on the teams, on what's going on around the two teams going to the Super Bowl, and you know a lot of personal uh, sharing when it comes to especially the Philadelphia Eagles and some of the people in charge there. From my time both in Green Bay and both with the Eagles where I did some consulting after leaving the Packers. Then give you some kind of true Brant's rants where I'm kind of pet peeving over certain things just to throw it out there. So again, a little rants, a little bit of thoughts, a little sharing and caring on this uh, episode of the Business of Sports. First of all, the teams... I think we start with the Patriots, and the next two weeks there are going to be all kinds of hosannas thrown in the way of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, and that's all deserved. We get it. Uh, they did it again, as they did in the Super Bowl a year ago. They did it to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I thought Jacksonville really had a shot and should have won the more physical team. Um, and usually physical wins in the playoffs, we hear about it all the time, running and defense. But you need to score. And they needed to score more, and Brady's going to score. So it's interesting, you know, in this year, it always seems like there's something with the Patriots. And if you subscribe to those theories of disrespect or playing these cards or playing the cards that you're dealt or sort of the, the get-back uh, approach, well, that's happening. Yeah, because of the ESPN article, perhaps, that said Brady and Belichick and Kraft maybe aren't as copacetic, aren't as harmonious as they've been in the past, and maybe some things about Jimmy Garoppolo and the trainer Alex Guerrero. Let me just comment quickly on those two things, because I think we need to put this in context. First, on any issues with Garoppolo being there behind Brady, Listen, I don't know Tom Brady, and maybe very few people do, but I'd be surprised if there's not some insecurity, or was, about having the next big thing right there next to him every day. I worked with Brett Favre. He didn't necessarily like the next big thing coming in that's going to replace him, whether it was initially... Matt Hasselbeck or Aaron Brooks, both of whom we traded because we knew Brett was had a long runway in his career. And then, of course, Aaron, where their relationship started out frosty between Brett, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I get it. I'm sure a lot of the franchise quarterbacks are like that. They'd rather have someone safe, like a guy I'm going to talk about a lot here, Doug Peterson, who's kind of that safe backup, or Brian Hoyer the safe backup that's not a threat. So I don't know what happened. I admit that, but I can see it. Maybe there's something about Brady or his agent or someone saying, yeah, it's not great, where he comes in every day and sees his replacement. No one likes that. Think about any job. You don't like coming in and seeing your replacement sitting there right in front of you. I mean, it was Sam Bradford last year with Carson Wentz. They eventually traded him. They got the luck. Of the, of the Teddy Bridgewater injury. So all these things, I can see that. The bigger issue with the Patriots, to me, is the trainer. Alex Guerrero, Brady's guru, counselor, fitness guy, whatever it is, has been allowed to have this relationship with the Patriots over the years. So they've allowed it. They've enabled it. They've understood it. He's your superstar. You let his guru have the run of the place. What the article indicated is maybe they're not seeing eye to eye on that like they have been in the past. Maybe due to other players kind of going the way of Guerrero as opposed to the way of the team. Teams are very territorial about their players working out, their players training, their players strength and conditioning. And this happens a lot more than you think. Right now in the NBA, you're hearing about Kawhi Leonard And the San Antonio Spurs, maybe there's some disagreements. Here's a quiet, nice guy, it seems. But there's some issues about treatment, about recovery, about the same things we keep talking about. Surgery, other doctors. This is something that happens in pro sports, team sports more than people know. For stars, for non-stars. Especially with more time away in the offseason, that's football where players are away so much longer, they go to their guy. Their guy can be a physio, he can be a trainer, strength guy, conditioning guy, speed guy, counselor guy, guru, whatever it is, and then they come back to the team and they're doing different things than the other guys. So that's always an issue to me, and that's something that may be going on with the Patriots. So take the backdrop. Maybe Brady's not happy seeing his replacement every day. He's gone. He's in San Francisco. Take the Guerrero thing. Maybe the Patriots aren't seeing eye to eye with Guerrero like they have in the past. Okay, there's a little more motivation to make this happen. Now, do I think the three, Kraft, Brady, and Belichick are not going to be together next year? Well, that's hard to see, because Kraft's not going anywhere. Brady's not going anywhere. Obviously, there's no ba- there's no replacement for Brady. Would Belichick go anywhere? Where's he going to go? Doesn't look like a guy that enjoys you know retirement. So anyway, I just that that I find hard to believe. But again, kudos to the Patriots. They're there again. Uh, they make it happen. I don't think they're the team that they've been in the past. Certainly Edelman loss hurts. Doesn't seem like they're as I don't know, opportunistic on defense as they've been in the past. But they're a favorite and <laughs> death taxes in the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's there. More uh, familiar I am with the, with the Eagles. Now, listen, I'm sitting in my home. I'm in the suburb, suburbs of Philadelphia. About uh, three blocks as the crow flies from where I sit is the home of Howie Roseman, general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. What he has done this year is, is nothing short of masterful. Not only should he be executive of the year, but he should be executive of many years for what he has accomplished with this Eagles team. Let's go through it. First of all, we got to start a year and a half ago. I was critical of Howie. We're friends. We talk a lot. And I told him in no uncertain terms, I thought what he was doing was wrong. I thought we had some very candid, frank conversations about this. I thought that when he decided to sign Sam Bradford, two years, $35 million, 22 guaranteed, and then sign Chase Daniel, $10 million guaranteed, and then move heaven and earth, all kinds of resources, to move up to get Carson Wentz and pay him, what is obviously at that slot, 20, $29 million guaranteed. I thought that was just too much. It was just too many resources at quarterback. You're ignoring the rest of the team. You can't sustain a, a team with a positional spend like that. We had some discussions. Now, his response was, okay, we'll play Bradford this year. We're talking about 2016. We'll get through it. We'll earn. He'll earn us maybe a third, maybe even a second round pick we can get for him. Then we'll have Carson Wentz making an average of like six and a half a year, which is a pittance for the player that he's going to be. And I said, okay, sure. Let's see what happens. Well, lo and behold, as I mentioned, the misfortune of Teddy Bridgewater, what happened in Minnesota, they get a one a year earlier than he thought and a, and a couple rounds higher than he thought. Oh, my God. And then Wentz is already there. Bradford was an extraneous player. They got a one for him. Now, they did give him an $11 million bonus they can't get back. So it was basically $11 million for a first-round pick. Turned into Derek Barnett. He had a key play in the championship game. Everything's full circle. The other thing Howie has done is masterfully remake this roster with solid veterans not only on the field but off. Look at all the contributors to the championship game. Biggest play of the game, Patrick Robinson on the scrap heap. Pulls him in. The guy's their best cornerback. Chris Long, what a leader, what a guy, what a man, what a what a should-be-one-of-the-men-of-the-year that it's not in the finals. He's basically playing for free. He's donated all his money. He's leading by example. He's quality in the locker room. And, of course, made a huge play in the championship game. Signed Torrey Smith. Huge play in the championship game. Signed Alshon Jeffrey. Huge plays throughout the year. Does a one year deal. Restructures it. Resigns. Extends him. Jeffrey's long term. Another one he signs. LeGarrett Blunt. On the scrap heap. Anyone could have had LeGarrette Blunt. Who has him? The Eagles. Been a factor. Been a major factor this year. Then he trades for Jay Ajayi, who's their best back. They got for a fourth round pick. They got him cheap for next year in a rookie contract. Another steal. How he's doing all of this while extending the key veterans on the team so he doesn't have to worry about losing any of them, like Zach Ertz, like Lane Johnson, like Michael Kendricks. These guys are going to be around. So there's really no free agents on this team. Maybe Brandon Graham, you got to worry, but they got enough if they want to pay him or not pay him. And of course, they've gotten their stalwarts like Fletcher Cox signed long term. This team is in good shape now. And in good shape for the future. Draft has been good. We see these players performing. And Sidney Jones is yet to really play. So this is a quality team. And again, the obvious point is the biggest point. They're doing this with a backup quarterback. They have lost an MVP in Carson Wentz. They have lost maybe a Hall of Fame left tackle in Jason Peters. They have lost their most versatile running back and Darren Sproles. They have lost their best linebacker in Jordan Hicks. They have lost their best special teamer in Chris Marigos. They're in the champion. they're in the Super Bowl. They demolished the Vikings, who was supposedly the best defense. And we saw who the best defense was yesterday. It's really something to see. And then it brings me to the coach. Doug Peterson I got to know in six years together in Green Bay. He was a guy that was much more than a player. He was an on-the-field coach. He was Brett Favre's best friend. He was Brett Favre's golf partner. He was Brett Favre's counselor. He was Brett Favre's guru. He was the guy when we couldn't find Brett to let him know that his father had died. We found we found Doug, and Doug handed Brett the phone, and we put Deanna Favre on the on the phone to tell him. Doug was the ubiquitous presence around Brett, and he's that happy guy. He's the incredibly joyful guy, always smiling, always positive, and you're seeing that now. The resilience that he's shown has just been amazing with this team, losing all those players, being left for dead by the media, by the common narrative as soon as Wentz went out, everybody's the Eagles are one and done in the playoffs. And they've done it, and they've done it with a backup quarterback. Who else in the NFL would be in the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, which begs the question... How dominant would they be if Wentz stayed healthy? And how dominant will they be when Wentz is healthy? They're five and a half points favorites in the uh, underdogs in the Super Bowl. They'd be favored. I think they'd be favored over the dominant Patriots with Wentz. So it's an amazing job by Doug. Doug was a guy that was our backup, as I mentioned. In a couple of years there, I would try all these guys in the offseason to try to sign them behind Brett. And no one would come. They just said, well, I'm not coming there because A, it's cold, and B, I'm never going to play. I want at least a chance that I'm going to play. <clears throat> I remember calling players you may not remember, like uh, Chris Chandler, Kerry Collins, Trent Dilfer. Would they be our backups? They didn't want to be backup in Green Bay. So <laughs> I would call Doug. Doug, you want to come back? Sure. You want to do a contract? Here we go. Spend a couple minutes. I'd give him some incentives if he played. He never did. And we off we went. And he'd come back, and he'd be happy, and he'd be joyful, and never have a bad day with Doug Peterson. So that is evident now. He just doesn't get down. He doesn't let his team get down. He allows leaders to, fl- to thrive like Chris Long, like Malcolm Jenkins, like Tory Smith. He allows them to be who they are. He's an incredibly off a skilled offensive mind. Remember we were here when he was hired? Oh, the Eagles settled. They really wanted Ben McAdoo. They wanted this guy. They wanted that guy. Well, they've got the coach of the year in my mind, and he's only getting better. So matching him against Belichick, I think it's going to be wizardry. I think it's going to be awesome. That's what I look for in this Super Bowl. What a Super Bowl it's going to be because I think these are the best coach teams in the league. And frankly, they're the best teams in the league. That's what you want, right? The number one seeds. All they had both had to do was win two home games. They did it. I said it at the time. I stayed with the Eagles through the Wentz injury. I said, this team is really, really good. They are solid at every position, this team. So kudos to Howie. Kudos to Doug Peterson. What they've done with this Eagles team is extraordinary. As we head into this time of hyperbole, a couple things that have sort of rants that I have about What I hear all the time, you know, this idea of quarterback, this idea that, oh, look, when look at the finals, you had, you had Blake Bortles, you had Case Keenum, you had Nick Foles, along with obviously Brady. You know, the other, the point about that is, hello, who did those three beat? Well, Bortles beat Roethlisberger, Keenum beat Breeze, Foles beat Ryan, you know, three superstar franchise quarterbacks making 20 plus million a year. So when this idea that you have to have quarterbacks, well, no, you have to have a great team. It's the ultimate team sport. Players are on the field less than half a game. They're they're along with 10 interdependent parts. They don't play defense. Remember that. So yes, a quarterback makes up for deficiencies and yes, the superstars earn their money like a Breeze, like a Rothsberger, like a Ryan at times, but you get up against these great teams, it's team. And even the great quarterbacks can't carry through that. Look at all the quarterbacks on the sideline, not even in the playoffs, some of whom gotten the huge contracts in the past year, like a Matthew Stafford, like a Derek Carr, like an Andrew Luck. Well, Luck and Rodgers will put off because of injury, but even besides those you have Eli Manning, you have Phillip Rivers, big time money contracts, Kirk Cousins made twenty four million this year, finished seven and nine. So all these things are out there. And we'll talk about the quarterbacks and free agency going forward, but that's not for this discussion. The other thing that gets me about quarterbacks is like, you know, this idea that well no one's gonna watch the Super Bowl if it was Foles and Bortles or Keenum and Bortles and now it's Foles and Brady. Well, come on. People are going to watch the Super Bowl. You know, it's ridiculous. Of course, they're going to watch the Super Bowl. It sort of feeds in this notion that the NFL is in trouble, which obviously it's not. These are salad days for the NFL. People are forty-something million people are watching these championship games. No one gets that. No sport. No entertainment. There's reports of was it not seven or eight of the top ten programs last year were NFL whatever it was, 37 of 40, 64 of 100. I mean, you kill for that if you're a network. So yeah, we hear that bidding is going to... Fox is jumping in the Thursday night bidding. We know they're going to have deals. We know the price is going to go up on Thursday night. We know the price is going to go up on Sunday and Monday. Because not only are going to have the networks, you're going to have the digital media giants in it too. So let's get past that. Let's get past the myth. So one myth... It's all about the quarterback. Yeah, no, it's not. It's about team. It's the team sport. Quarterbacks play less than half the game. Another myth, the NFL's in trouble. Good luck with that one. Those predicting the eventual demise of the NFL are going to be waiting a long, long time. Listen, I get frustrated as hell with the NFL with these stoppages. I don't like having to sit three and a half hours or even three hours for a product with 12 minutes of action it infuriates me if i was commissioner that's the first thing i do make it a two-hour product won't change a thing about enjoyment will only increase it in my mind but we are where we are that's what and the nfl is in spite of that killing it and killing it no matter the protests no matter the concussions i say this all the time when i lived in barcelona lived in spain I said, you know what? It seems like they mainline soccer into the veins of these kids when they're five years old. It seems like that with the NFL here. Another myth, uh, the Rooney rule. No one's abiding by the ruling rule. Well, here's the problem. That's a myth, and the problem is everyone is abiding by the Rooney rule because all it does require is interviewing minority candidates for head coach and general manager. That's being done. The problem is like the Raiders. When you have a coach like Gruden that the Raiders have zeroed in on and it's all go, what are you supposed to do? Of course they interview a couple minority candidates. That's what they have to do. So they do it, they comply. But what are you supposed to do? And that's the real issue with the Rooney Rule. What are the Raiders supposed to do? They got their guy. Can you imagine if like a Nick Saban came available and wanted to coach a pick a team, the Giants? They got their guy. They're not gonna I mean sure, I guess they'd interview other people, but so I mean I don't know what to do. So the Rune Rule needs a rewrite. It needs criteria, it needs to extend past GM, extend it past coordinator, extend to the lower levels of the organization. Now the NFL to their credit, they do have these uh conferences, symposia every year to sort of have young minority uh coaches and executives rub elbows with owners, and that's a start. But it's really hard to figure out what to do about the situation like the Raiders, where they zero in on a guy who's white. So what do they do? Well, they have interviews that are meaningless because they have to. There's got to be a way to do that. Smart people come up with a rewrite for that rule. It's got to happen. Final pet peeve Brant rant is with this idea of coaches not being hired until the Super Bowl is over for the Patriots coaches, We hear reports, we have heard reports for weeks. Matt Patricia, the coordinator, defensive coordinator for the Patriots, taking over the Lions. Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator for the Patriots, taking over the Colts. Pat Shermer was rumored for weeks taking over the Giants, and now it's announced. Why? (laughs) Why don't we announce that before? We know they're taking over these new teams. And current teams know their future teams know. Their current fan base knows. Their future fan base knows. Their current owner knows. Their future fan base knows. The media knows. The NFL media reports it. Why are we playing the charade? So my point is, we're all adults here. We get it. And, and to say that these guys, we don't want them focusing on the next job, come on. Whether you announce it or not is not going to change that. And they've been leading these peripatetic existences forever where they focus on the next play, the next series, and not thinking about the next job in the playoffs. So again, Pat Shermer, welcome to the Giants. If you were thinking about the Giants and that's the reason that Case Keenum and the Vikings played so poorly, so be it. <laughs> I think it's poppycock. I think that's ridiculous, but we'll see. That's my pet peeve there. Let's, let's all realize we're adults here. Okay? We get it. Let's announce their hires when they're hired. When we know that everyone knows they're hired, except uh, a formal announcement. So make the announcement. We're all adults here. Those are my rants. Those are my impressions. Those are my personal thoughts on Harry Roseman and Doug Peterson. My thoughts on the Patriots, Alex Guerrero, and of course Brady and his now-gone Garoppolo partner there. So, that was another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt, boys and girls. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're enjoying this off week in the NFL. Oh, yes, there is a game. It's the Pro Bowl. Well, okay. That's fun. A couple hours of practice a week. They play hard in the fourth quarter. Make a lot of money for that game. Players do. So, enjoy that. Enjoy the off week. I'll be back Super Bowl week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Follow me on Twitter. Listen to the podcast on iTunes, Twitter, give us a nice rating, Stitcher, tune in, RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcasts. And again, we'll be back next week with the Super Bowl edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft podcasts, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.